Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, New Living Translation. If you're there, say amen. 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 Glory be to God. And ready, read. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four guards of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. Verse 5. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Amen. Verse 5 says the church prayed very earnestly. And that's what I want to highlight. The church prayed earnestly. We know James 5, 16 tells us the earnest prayer in New Living Translation of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, here at this church, I'm big on prayer. And everybody knows this by now. Okay, uh, because prayer changes things. When you petition the Father, the Bible says to come boldly before the throne of grace. So we want to make sure when we come to God, we come boldly. We're humble because we understand that he's our Father, the creator of the universe. But we come boldly with our petitions because it says, let your request be made known unto God. And if you want him to hear you, you need to come boldly. That's activating your faith. Amen. So when I hear the word earnest, that just means consistent and intense, okay? So Peter's getting in prison in chapter 12, okay? Herod has beheaded the apostle James, okay? One of the original disciples. And he arrests Peter, okay? So in verse 5 it says, But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Now again, I want to relate. Earnest just relates to intense. When something is intense, you feel it. When you have an intense workout, you're sweating tremendously. Okay, if you don't sweat, you didn't, it wasn't intense. Amen? Amen? I mean, many people go to the gym and take selfies, but when I see the selfies with beads of sweat on their head, I know the workout was intense. If I don't see the beads of sweat, the workout wasn't intense. I said, they just went so we could see them at the gym today. <laughs> go tag Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, whatever, Anytime Fitness, I'm like, Ain't no sweat. Okay, praise the Lord. So anyway, so when it's intense, you feel something. It's sweat, right? And you also feel what in your body when it's intense? Soreness, right? You feel sore because you did something, right? Okay, let me explain something to you. The earnest just relates to intense. Now, the church began to pray intensely because the apostle Peter had been in prison. That's like. Me being in prison, would y'all pray earnestly? Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> right? But back then, they knew. The leader get taken out, we got to go with prayer. We got to go before the Father. Because there wasn't no rebellion they could go for. They weren't strong enough. They're regular believers. They're not militia. They're just people that believe in miraculous intervention. But all people of God, I'm here to let you know that miraculous intervention is more powerful than any weapon, any militia put together, any rebellion, any authority in the heavenlies or on earth because God is in the heavenlies and miraculous things can only operate in the supernatural realm. Amen? We dwell in the physical, but everything in the physical is all a representation of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's read verse 6 through 17. Y'all got to read it out. 
Verse 6 says, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. My God. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chain fell off his wrist. Now, I'm here to let you know two things. Peter is locked down in between two guards, chained between the both of them. Now, I wouldn't want to be one of them guards, because how are you going to put me in captivity guarding someone else? I don't understand that. But anyway, that's how important it was. Like, don't let him get out, right? But then when that bright light hit, Bible says in verse 7, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrist. Now, I want you to understand something. We studied a couple weeks ago about how when Jesus told the little girl, I, little girl, I say to you, get up from your sleep. What happened? She arose. From what? The dead. Right? From the dead. I'm here to let you know that when the word of the Lord goes forth, that immediately rectifies the situation. When the word of the Lord goes forth, immediately chains have to be broken. When the word of the Lord goes forth and you're obedient, your situation changes immediately. All the angel said to him was, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Oh, come on, somebody. How many more angels to come minister to them? Amen. Amen. Angels are God's ministering spirits. They come minister to us. Amen. I've encountered some. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. So look at this. In verse 8, it says, Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time, he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. Now listen to this. Peter is obeying even in he thinks his subconscious, right? Let me explain something to you. However you are in the physical realm is how you're going to be in the subconscious realm. If you hard-headed against God when you awake, when you sleep in your dreams, you ain't going to be listening to God then either. You're going to follow what you really do. The reason why is because I, whatever is, again, produced in the natural realm is a reflection of what's in the spirit realm. So if you can't get your physical body to come under subjection to the Holy Spirit, it's because your spirit man is not currently under subjection to the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm here to help somebody. See, we have to walk in the Spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh because the Bible tells us in that same passage of Galatians 5 that the flesh and the Spirit are warring against one another and the flesh don't want to submit to the Spirit. It don't want to cooperate. It wants to go the opposite direction. So Peter was obedient to God in the Spirit realm and so it translated in his natural realm. And while he thought he was having a vision, somebody said it was real. It was real. Come on, somebody. Now look at this. Verse 10. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Amen. Verse 11. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. The Bible says he came to his senses. He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. I want you to write this down if you need to. Um, 
when God saves you from your situation, don't neglect what got you out of your situation. What I encounter many times with believers is that they get out of their jam and they do the same thing immediately after they got them in the jam to begin with. But Peter realized this was an act of God, so he goes where the people of God are meeting to welcome the presence of God. Motion for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had let him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. Now, here's where you want to take notes. Intense prayer is usually directly connected to intercession. Okay? Intense prayer is usually directly connected to intercession. This is those who don't know on the camera and anybody in here that may not know. Intercession is prayer, petition, or entreaty in favor of another. Okay? This is why many believers call it standing in the gap. Okay? When you stand in the gap for someone, you're conducting intercession on their behalf. Amen? Now look, the believers interceded for Peter. Okay? He's in prison. The apostle James has just been beheaded. Okay? Now, when someone is executed, it strikes fear in the hearts of those connected to that person. It's not always good to have everyone rocking with you. The Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. Because if everybody agrees with you all the time, that means somewhere your message has been watered down. I'm on somebody. Are y'all awake? Say amen. amen. If everybody agrees with you all the time, that means you're doing a lot of patty cake when it comes to real life issues. Because there is no way that everybody is going to agree with you all the time. Because everybody is not filled with the Holy Ghost everywhere. And because of that fact, also everyone is not walking in the spirit everywhere. There are some people, but not everybody. And the reason I know this is because the Bible says broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. But straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few, somebody say few, yeah. there be that find it. Peter was speaking things that Satan was telling him. And one day Jesus had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Not to Peter, but to the demon talking in Peter. The miraculous thing he said, angel is a ministry spirit to break the chains. Intercession breaks chains. Okay, I want y'all to pick this up. And then when he broke the chains, he took him outside the gate. Now gates, I'm going to show you, give you a little back history. Back then, these big iron gates were like heavy as all get out. Okay, they either had levers that were being pulled by people, like, and they were twisting them in order to open the gate, or they would open the latch, and people would push the door out. That's how heavy it was. Multiple people, not one person, not two people, not three people, multiple people. Okay, so this gate opens by itself. <laughs> Somebody said an act of God. See, when God is in a situation, normal things become supernaturally affected. So what's naturally impossible becomes possible with God. Amen. The intercession was what broke Peter out the chains, and the intercession is what opened that gate. When he got up out of there, he goes to the house of prayer because he knows intercession is why he got up out of there. Come on, somebody. But I want you to notice something. Why 
Write this down. Did God break Peter out of prison? There's a reason. Okay. Write this down. Number one, to show his power. The reason why God shows his power is because he is a God of miracles. The miraculous is still functioning thousands of years today. Okay? Why? Because God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if miracles happened back then, miracles can and still happen today. Amen? So God wanted to show his power, number one. Okay? Why? Well, when Satan, let me show you how this operates. Satan tries to have a contest with God. So because he beheaded the apostle James, he probably felt like, I got one up on him now. And God had to show him, no, you don't. If you're going through a bad situation, don't worry. God's about to show up. Satan shows up, God got to show up too. Yes, 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 absolutely. See, God's not going to let Satan not do it. They in a power struggle, but one of them already lost. No. That no weapon formed against the people of God shall prosper. Yes. And every yes. tongue that yes. rises up against you in judgment, we shall condemn. For so this is the heritage yes. promise of the service of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So God is going to always show his power because he's a God of miracles. Second reason God allowed the prison break to happen is because it wasn't his will for Peter to be incarcerated. I'm here to let you know that the will of God will always override Satan's plan for your life. If you are willing to accept God's plan for your life. He's not petty. He doesn't fret. He doesn't cry. You know why? Because he is in tune with what I will follow. So he understands that if God brought me to it, he will bring me through. <laughs> Come on, son. See, I want that Peter-type faith. That Peter-type zeal. Well, no matter what the devil throws at me, I'm like... <laughs> okay, that's no doubt so The glory's with me I carry the glory Nothing would dim God's light Nothing The Bible says that Let your light so shine before men That they may see your good deeds And glorify your Father which is in heaven Right? We are the city on the hilltop It may be darkness in the valley below But the light And God's holy mountain Will always be lit And if you connected to God Then the light and your spirit will always be lit. So whatever God's will for your life is, is what's going to happen. Yes. Amen? Absolutely. Third point. Peter still had work to do. <laughs> I love this part. Peter still had work to do. Look, I've had people come up to me and tell me, Pastor, I don't know what, this ain't like my situation. It's over with. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Because it ain't over till God says it's over. Amen. I know it's in the song, but the song is true. It is not over until God says it's over. Why? Because we all have had a predestined purpose before we were in our mother's womb. Jeremiah 29 11, what does it say? For I know the plans I have for you. Even if you don't know, God knows. For your life is still in effect even when you think in the natural realm is paused. Remember, whatever happens in the natural realm is a direct, direct reflection of what's going on in the spirit realm. So if you're tapped into God, I don't care what it looks like in the natural realm because God will make this go and then down here it'll begin to go. Understand something. A delay does not mean you're deterred. 
gentlemen, the layover does not mean you have fell off. The layover just means God paused it for your good. You still have work to do. Come on, somebody. If you're awake, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, and why else did God show his power? Because, write this down, the believers interceded on Peter's behalf. I'm here to break this down to you. You got to understand the power of intercession. Remember in Divine Favor Part 4, in the In My Enemy's House sermon, the ones of you who are here and the ones that's watching alive, I said, excuse me, there are seasons in your life that will require a different level of prayer, and you'll need people who you can pray and intercede with. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Okay. Now, this is that type of situation. God is trying to cause prison breaks in your life from the bondages that Satan has put you in. But the only way to do it is through prayer yeah. and praise and worship. Are y'all with me, saints? See, prayer touches God's heart. Yeah. Because all praise, Minister Evie said in the life group on Tuesday, is just a phone line to God. Come on. My question to you is, how often do you pick up your phone? Mm. In the natural realm, the millennials are always on their phone. But in the spirit realm, the millennials are barely on their phone. And when they do get on their phone, it's a 911 distress call. It's never a how are you, how are you doing call together. Come on, Shanks. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. See, prison breaks don't happen because of 911 distress calls being made only. Prison breaks happen because you have a one-on-one -on -one connection with the dispatcher. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf. So when you want to get in touch with emergency services, you better have a foundation with the dispatcher. Because if you got a foundation with the dispatcher, sometimes the dispatcher might shove up on you. Come on. See, I tell people, <laughs> I don't always have to cry out to the Father for my situation. Because God is with me so much that sometimes God just send the minister of spirit to show up on my behalf. Come on, somebody. The angels just show up and be like, hold up, no, can't touch that one. It ain't going down like that. No, you have to have a relationship with Abba Father. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because there are three different entities in one. You have to have a relationship with all three parts. Uh, come on, somebody. So, the power of intercession is when you're pleading on someone else's behalf. Now, favor also gets distributed through intercession. Because if I stand in the gap for you for protection in a perilous situation, and God honors my request because I'm righteous before him, not only can protection be distributed, but the favor of God that's on my life can be distributed to you as well. And the favor of God is directly connected to the favor of men. So if you know what I know, you better start interceding for yourself and for your brothers and sisters. Because if you can intercede for others, God will see that, and Jesus will intercede a little bit more for you. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help y'all. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 16. Verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a river bank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth 
who worship God. Somebody say, who worship God. Who worship God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Now, I want to highlight verse 16. Let's look at it. Verse 16 is all about a spirit of divination. Spirits of divination in modern day times, you can understand, are people who are tarot card readers operate out of it. Psychics operate out of it. Witches, warlocks, sorcerers, they all operate out of a spirit of divination. Okay? If you're hearing things from God and seeing into the future, that's beautiful. But if you're hearing things from the enemy for the future, that's not good. Many people that are operating under the spirit of divination are not aware that they are operating under demonic force. They just think they got some power. But I'm here to let you know that all power ain't good power. Somebody say all power ain't good power. All power ain't good power. You know, all good ideas ain't God ideas. Come on, somebody. So they're going in 16. I want you to notice God revealed this to me. One day as we were going down to the place of what? Prayer. To the place of what? Prayer. Oh. We met a slave girl who had a spirit. When you go to pray, most people when they go to pray in the daytime, they cool. When they go to pray at night, they get sleepy. Ooh, no, Anybody ever got sleepy? Raise your hand. When you go to pray, right? Everybody. Right? I mean, you don't get on your knees because you might fall asleep right there. <laughs> no prayer. You know what? God revealed it to me. He revealed it to another prophet. He revealed it to my wife. We saw the devil sprinkling dust in the spirit realm. Like pixie dust. Every time somebody goes to pray, he does it. And he puts you to sleep. True story. So, when I read this verse, God spoke to me. Look where they were going. The place of prayer. Then they encountered the spirit. I'm here to let you know, when you go to petition God, it's not going to always be a cakewalk. When you go to petition God, sometimes the devil is going to send ministering spirits from his camp to the church. Because he also understands the power of prayer. You know how I know he understands the power of prayer? Because Satan has prayed to him. But they don't pray to our Father, they pray to Satan. They pray to Lucifer. The kingdom of darkness. That's who they pray to. And guess what? I, I, want, I want one believer to tell me, it don't work. <laughs> yes, it do. Because whatever you bow down to, whatever you worship, Whatever you submit to, that's what power you contact. You know what Paul said, be not conformed to this world? Because when you're conformed, you're getting in line with, which means you're in submission. And when you're in submission to the world, then the person who runs the world, the prince of the power of the air, is now who you're in submission to. Now. Uh, see, I'm here to let you know that it's real in the kingdom of God. It's just as real as it is in the kingdom of God. 
There are two entities at war. Constantly. So when you go to pray, one of theirs goes to pray. When you go to intercede, one of theirs goes to intercede. And they're at war to see who's going to win. But the problem is not that God is weaker than the devil. The problem is that many believers' endurance to pray is weaker than the demonic realm's endurance to pray. I can't break yokes and chains in my life if the demonic force assigned to me is outdoing me in prayer. The spirit of divination in the girl was coming to deter the men of God from going to the house of prayer. They wanted to irritate them so bad that they would not go to prayer. Who is a God? Verse 18. This went on day after day. My God, consistency. Until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly. Anybody ever had demonic spirits telling them? No? Praise the Lord. Okay, one. Brother Keith. Praise the Lord. I mean, maybe it's just me and Brother Keith. I don't know. But if you continue to struggle with stuff, I don't know. Maybe maybe just you, right? I mean, you want to do the right thing, but you keep doing this thing you don't want to do. That's just you, though. Not no demons. No demons. No demons. No demons. No demons. No demons. Um, I don't want to have sex before marriage, Pastor. I just keep falling into temptation. It's a demonic spirit telling you, call us. Jesus. It's a demonic spirit telling you, call fornication. Mm-hmm. It's a demonic spirit telling you, call seduction. Mm-hmm. These are demons. So, you have to learn to get exasperated like Paul did. And turn around yes. to yourself yes. and say, Satan, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Yes. Because only the Holy Spirit will dwell in this temple. My body is the temple of the Most High God. And only the Spirit of the Living God will dwell within me. So no spirits of lust will dwell in me. No spirits of seduction will dwell in me. No spirits of fornication will dwell in me or in my house. And if you're in a relationship, then you tell them, no spirits will dwell in my significant other. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on. You got to get exasperated. You got to get exasperated. Now look at this. Look at this. Mark 9, 28 through 29 says, y'all, it's not, y'all gotta believe. When he had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? What's verse 29 say? So he said to them, this kind can all come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Believers are like fast. I don't know what y'all think we're not going through, okay? Unless the Lord really, right? But if you go home, and you binge watch a show for six hours straight on Netflix. <laughs> okay, that's probably about six episodes. Right? Six hours. They're really 40 minutes now, so you're getting a good seven episodes. <laughs> right? And you're watching it, and then you only spend 10 minutes in your Bible. You need to go on the fence. Yeah, From Netflix. Yeah. I didn't say put six hours into that Bible. But if you can really binge watch six hours in Netflix, you can read an hour. Fasting. You know why fasting is important? 
Because it takes 21 days to break a habit. So if you do something long enough, it becomes the habit. Once you break the habit, you have to form a new habit. You gotta be charged up right there. You gotta be charged up. The same way your phone has to be charged up to operate at full capacity, and when it starts going down in the service, like the quality, you can't do as much, it starts running slower, right? Same thing with your prayer life, your life. You gotta be charged up in order to operate smoothly and efficiently against the enemy, because we're in a constant battle. People don't allow when y'all go out into the market, and you go out to your job, you can't cuss people out at your job when they upset you, okay? People don't allow. Not the saints. They are holy and sanctified. Praise the Lord. But when you go out and you get into an argument with your significant other, people on the lives, you have to make sure you don't be offensive with your words because you can cause an offense. Or do the saints need to hear this too? Okay. So when you go home and somebody upsets you in your spirit, think about it like this. I'm about to issue a new challenge to the saints. We're going to bring back the What Would Jesus Do Challenge. I'm so serious. I'm going to get us wristbands and everything. And I know it may say, oh, Pastor, that was an old thing, that was an old thing. No, it's not. The movement may have died, but it never should have. Because What Would Jesus Do will keep you from sinning daily. And here's another one. What would I do if Jesus were standing here? That might help you more. Because some folks go, Pastor, I don't know what Jesus would do. He was God. Okay, then. Smart boy. So what would you do if Jesus was here? Right, right. Okay, Pastor, now see. What? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, when two or more gathered, then he is. Come on, somebody. Then he is in the mix. So he is here. He sees everything. Because when you accept him into your heart, even though he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding your behalf, the Holy Spirit, is now within you, and that's your conscience. So he do see. Yes. He is him. Yes. Oh, come on, somebody. Verse 19. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Now, I want you to understand something. They accused them, right? What is Satan? An accuser of the brother. Second thing I want you to notice is two. This thing. Paul was of Roman blood and so was Silas. But when Satan accused him, he said, these Jews. It's funny. Let's keep reading. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, verse 22. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Verse 23. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Come on, somebody. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and what? Singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Oh, come on, say the power of prayer. The power of prayer. And the power of praise and worship. And the power of praise and worship. Look at this. Verse 24. I mean, 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Look at this. <laughs> prayer and praise and worship go hand in hand. 
Let me explain why. Prayer is just a form of praise and worship. When you pray to God, you're praising God because you are acknowledging him for who he is as God and you're acknowledging that he is who he is as God. And because he is who he is, you're praising his existence. You're praising his power. You're praising his majestic handiwork. You're praising that he is the ruler of the sky. You're praising that he is the ruler of the sea. You're praising him because you believe what you're praying for and you can only believe what you're praying for if you believe in the God who put all of that God suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Somebody say every prisoner. Every prison. I'm here to tell you that God is not just trying to spark revival in your life and in your house. He's trying to affect the people around you too. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, somebody. So if there's liberty where God is and God is in me, then that means everywhere I go, liberty goes. So if I go into the nightclub, not to party, but because God sent me there, and there is bondage there, when I step in, demons go on alert, and freedom can happen. Stop being afraid to tell your friends, put that cup down, stop drinking that liquor. You're a child of the most high God. Stop being afraid to tell your friends, stop using that language. The Bible says, let foul communication, through the communication, flee from your lips. Right? Because you're a child of the most high God. Stop being afraid to tell your significant other, we can't have sex before marriage because that's not biblical. And if we want God to bless uh, this relationship, we got to do it the right way. Stop being afraid to tell people. You got to be the change that you want to see. And in order to break change, the truth is how it goes forth. See, I made a post earlier this week on Instagram, and people were shocked because they'd never seen me come that up. Full force, right? But I didn't come out of a place of hatred. I came out of a place of love. I was telling people that these demons that Satan has tricked us into believing are coy, timid spirits are not. Lust may feel good when you're doing the do, but the demon that is producing that do is a demonic, ugly, grim-looking force, and if you could only see it, you wouldn't engage in it. I'm here to let you know, when you get drunk, you feel good. But if you can only see the demon that's influencing you when you intake that alcohol, you wouldn't do it. Come on, somebody say it's quiet now. See, 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 when we curse, we expressing ourselves. But see, see, if you can see the demon behind those filthy words coming out your mouth, if you can see how filthy it really is, you wouldn't say it. So I'm here to let you know that the gospel has to be preached through our lives, yes. not through our words. Yes. Yes. See, I can do this all day, but when I leave here, I let this do the talking. Yes. My body is a living sacrifice. Yes. Come on, somebody. My whole life is the sacrifice. I lay myself on the altar every week because when I leave here, Jesus is who they see in me, yes. not when they come to my church because in order to get them in the church, they got to see something they even want to come in here. Yes. Glory to his name. Now look at this. I want you to understand something. Remember I told you earlier. They were Romans. Paul and Silas were Roman blood. But they were willing to suffer like the Jews were suffering for Christ. Are you willing to suffer for Christ? Come on. Let me read this to you. Hold up. Romans 8.17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering know that prison breaks take a different level of faith. 
You got to know that God going to come through regardless. But in the event that he don't show up this time, he's already done enough. Amen. Come on, somebody. You have breath in your body this morning because he gave you breath in your body. You are saved by grace because he died on the cross for everybody in the world's sins. The blood was shed for you to have life and life more abundantly. I'm tired of living in scarcity. Oh, my God. It's time to live abundantly. I'm talking about not just your finances, your prayer life, your relationships, your family, your business. Abundance does not just apply to money. Abundance applies to your life. Because abundance, Pastor Ed said it yesterday, is a mentality. Now look at this. The Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Verse 34. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. God showed me this. And I'm going to say it to the saints. You can write this down. God is looking for people who will share the gospel with people who initially antagonized them. In other words, God is looking for people who are going to literally pray for their enemies and then minister yes. to them. <laughs> God is looking for people who are going to say, that person just cursed me out. I'm going to smile anyway. I'm going to let the love of God permeate from my being anyway. And when God gives me the opportunity, I will minister to them. God is looking for people that are not looking for perfect situations to deliver the gospel. They're looking for the worst situation to deliver the gospel. Me and my apostle have a saying, I'll go into the pits of hell to minister the gospel. Because the Bible says, if I lay my bed in the pits of hell, you are with me. You got to have that type of faith. If God send you into the worst area, the worst country, the worst neighborhood, if he send you to Bankhead, if he see you to the bluffs, oh no, we like both here. I know. But if he see you to the bluffs, and he see you to the west side, and he see you over into College Park and Garvey Road, then he will take care of you while you are there. Notice key word. If he see you, if he see you to Canada Road, East Atlanta Zone City, then no, he will take care of you while you are there. Jared told Paul, the senior officials are saying, "You and Silas are free to be." Go in peace. Well, I forget this time. They already his all chilling, so they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. We're gonna go anyway. <laughs> but verse 37. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. Verse 38. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. Verse 40. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Now, I want you. Last week, I gave y'all a prayer. Last week. Last week, the prayer was, tell the devil, you have no right, what? Legal share or historic claim to my life. Okay? This week, I got another prayer. Y'all might want to write this prayer down because y'all can have a list of prayers and pray in the morning and shit. I ain't mean to do this, but God gave it to me, okay? So, this week, when you go forward, this is what you pray. You tell the demons, 
You tried to embarrass me publicly. So, Father, I pray for you to bring the blessings publicly. I pray for revival in that situation to be shown publicly. The prayers I'm praying in secret, God, I'm asking you to make it be known publicly through a transformation you're bringing in my life. This is the type of thing you tell. You tell the devil, you tried to embarrass me publicly, so I'm going to cast you out publicly. You tried to screw me over publicly, so I'm going to cast out demons and others publicly. You try to make me link up with people and forsake God and me, I'm going to go lead them same folk to Christ publicly. We're going to start bringing public humiliation to the devil the same way he tried to publicly humiliate you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you know what? Because we're going to do it through prayer and praise and worship. Write this down. Every miraculous thing God does is meant to uplift and encourage. Yes. These are the closing points. Every miraculous thing God does is meant to uplift and encourage. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all know this one, but you can write it down anyway. Different levels require different levels of prayer. Y'all know that, but it's always good to be reminded. Amen? Amen. Different levels require different levels of prayer. Amen? And last but not least... <laughs> In order for miracles to happen, you have to be willing to experience peril. Y'all know what peril is. Or destruction, disaster, hard times, whatever you want to put that you're understanding, right? And still trust God yes. to deliver you. In order to tap into the miraculous power of God that shows up in perilous situations, I'll give you another way to say it. You have to be willing to experience peril and still trust God to deliver you. I'm here to let you know that Paul and Silas and Peter had a few things in common. Number one, they were doing the work of the Lord. Number two, they had immaculate faith. Number three, they both, they all three prayed and praised and worshiped. But one thing I know for a fact, they trusted God to move in a miraculous manner because they knew in the midst of miraculous or perilous situations, the miraculous is the only thing that can show up. See, God can't show up with regular church level situation in a perilous situation. He show up with the same intensity that that peril showed up in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> see, see, God, you know like when people outside are like, match it, match me one. God matches your situation. Mm -hmm. The anointing matches your situation. Yes. God equips you for the calling he placed in your life. He matches you. I'm not looking for another goosebump sermon. I'm looking for the goosebump sermon to bring goosebumps in your spirit to yes. make you bring goosebumps to your community. Because God yes. is looking for us to bring gentrification yes. in the spirit realm to the desolate areas that Satan has laid hold of. I mean, he's been tearing down. Part of the rebuild message last week it's traveling over into this one because God showed me. Yes, it's time to rebuild, but now I'm giving you some tools. Prayer and praise and worship oh, and intercession. Wow. <laughs> See, check this out. When we go into the different area, when people in gentrification happens in real life, it does not happen until they clear out the people that are already there. They tear it down. They break down the old structures. They bulldoze it. They section it off, and they send those people somewhere else. No, no, I don't think. Successfully. Successful gentrification. If you don't do that, 
and you leave the same people and you build up new structures and try to make the area good, the people in the old areas will just tear up your new place. So, in the spirit realm, when you go into a place and you lay it desolate, you gotta send the enemy on the run and then equip the people in the area with the Holy Spirit. Equip the people in the area with the presence of God. Equip the people on how to make disciples of all nations. Equip the people on how to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You gotta gentrify the area, clear it out and fill it up with the presence of God. Because the only way that we are going to rebuild the foundations in this city and in the body of Christ is complete spiritual gentrification. If you're awake, say amen. amen. Okay, so I'm going to go back over those last three points to make sure everybody got it written down before I close. First thing, every miraculous thing God does is meant to uplift and encourage. Amen. Different levels require different levels of prayer. Okay, and last but not least, in order to tap into the miraculous power of God, that shows up in perilous situations, I have to be willing to experience peril and still trust God to deliver me. Amen? Amen. 